You're listening to Leveling Up, the podcast dedicated to helping you achieve your career goals faster without all the guesswork. Each week, we cover topics like people management, communication, personal brand, time management, and so much more. Well, hello, and thanks for joining me. I'm Mary Fox, co-founder and CEO at Marlowe, as well as the co-host of Leveling Up. Um, In case you're not familiar with Marlowe, we're a personalized development platform focused exclusively on helping individuals at all stages in their career define and make progress for their goals. Today, we're talking about how LinkedIn can help you tell your branding story. And this is one of two interviews in our personal branding series for this season. Um, Your personal brand, as you probably know, is how you're perceived by others. And Katie Fogarty, joining us to talk about um, how you can shape your brand and and what that personal brand means and how LinkedIn can serve you there. So I'm thrilled to introduce Katie. She's the founder of the Reboot Group and uh, Reboot is a personal branding and business consultancy that helps clients tell better branding stories. Katie's joining me to share all the ideas that you need to leverage LinkedIn uh, to serve that personal brand and professional brand. Katie, before I jump right in, uh, let me read your bio. I, you know, it's really interesting what you've been up to and I want to make sure that our listeners have a good chance to to learn about your background. Katie has built a career helping professionals, organizations, and businesses tell their story. And prior to launching the Reboot Group, she wrote for Morning TV News, Global PR Firm Clientele, and for a U.S. Senator. That's very exciting. I want to hear all about that. Um, And she works one-on-one with clients through her signature LinkedIn Reboot and Reboot for Business. And this is what we're jumping right into. Um, Katie also consults, trains, and speaks on career branding, LinkedIn, and job hunting. So you can absolutely learn more about Katie on her website, and she'll tell you all about that. We'll also have that in the show notes. But Katie, without further ado, thanks for joining me today. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for having me, Mary. So Katie, we're talking about LinkedIn, we're talking about branding. Before we jump right into all of this, I'd love to hear more about your background. Uh, thanks. I uh, run the uh, Reboot Group, which you had mentioned in my intro. I launched that company about four years ago to help clients tell better brand stories for their career and their businesses. And this is an outgrowth of a 20-year career in communications. I used to write the morning news here in New York, as you mentioned. I worked for CNN. I worked for New York One News. And I've worked for some big and small PR firms. And about um, 10 years ago, I transitioned my business. I started working for myself. And I was doing a whole host of different communications projects and jobs. I was writing marketing collateral, uh, press releases, uh, web copy. And about five years ago, one of my clients reached out to me and said, you know, I'm in a total panic. The editor of Forbes has looked at my LinkedIn profile and it does not look good. What can you do to help me? So, you know, I I was in a client service business. I went to work. I said, I can do this. I've I've written everything under the sun, including uh, floor statements for US Senator. I've written the morning news, so I can certainly do this. So I went to work and I I created a, a, a new, more powerful LinkedIn profile for her. And I really, I kind of fell in love with it. It reminded me so much of journalism where you get to uh, tell people stories and you get to surface what's interesting, what's overlooked, and you can kind of package it and really connect with a particular viewer and a particular audience to tell a, um, a unique story. And that's, my, that's sort of where I got to where I am today. And why LinkedIn, though, in terms of um, how you're spending all the vast majority of your time these days is focused on helping individuals uh, ramp up and revamp their LinkedIn profile. Is that a fair assessment or am I generalizing? 
No, you're absolutely right. I do a lot of uh, work one-on-one with individuals. I do something called LinkedIn Reboot, where I help them really transform their profile, and I do one-hour consults. But that was how my business began, but I've transitioned it a little bit over recent years, and I'm doing more workshops and trainings for teams. Because uh, what I found was that when I worked with an individual leader and they saw how um, retooling their profile really allowed them to better leverage LinkedIn, to have better conversations, to grow their network, to be more active, they wanted it for the people on their team. They recognized that when um, a company gets their employees up and active and with polished profiles, it lets them use the, the platform better. So I've really grown the part of my business that's letting me do trainings and workshops. That's fantastic. And I, I'm excited to dive more into that because helping teams figure out how to leverage these external tools. And that's um, a big part of what we're doing from the individual side, right? Having those individuals try to work with their, their teams on this subject. Um, but it's new. It's a subject that, you know, personal branding as it relates to your actual day-to-day job is not something that a lot of people think about. When we talk about LinkedIn, who do you see LinkedIn being for? That's such a great question. I, I see LinkedIn for everyone. Uh, just personally, my, uh, my father just retired from a law firm where he had been 35 years and he used to have all of his digital presence on his, his firm website. When he left and retired, he needed to transition his professional communication somewhere. And so I finally got him on LinkedIn, which he'd been avoiding for a number of years. But my 18 year old daughter who just finished her gap year between high school and college and who's getting ready to um, head off to university in the fall and is looking for internships too, also needs a LinkedIn profile. So this is, you know, it's an 18 year old needs it and it's a 70 year old who needs it. Really, LinkedIn is for you at any career stage. Um, I recently read a really interesting statistic that came from Forrester Research and it said that the average US worker will have 14 to 15 jobs over the course of their career, which is pretty astounding. So people are moving, they're moving um, on, they're moving up, they're moving uh, often into different industries. People, you know, uh, change is coming to the work world at a, at a lightning fast clip. So jobs that we had 10 years ago um, don't necessarily exist. Companies change and evolve. So it really smart executives understand that they need to remain relevant and marketable by being their own personal communications firm or their own marketing firm. And LinkedIn really puts that power into your hands. So I think that uh, smart executives at every career stage should be spending time on the platform. And where do they start? When it comes to you know tackling your LinkedIn profile, I can tell you that today my LinkedIn profile is pretty sparse, right? I don't have lots of details on it. Um, most of that reason is because I never really sat down and knew where to start. So when you work with your clients, uh, where do you you know start that that process with them? Uh, I think that you just really need to start at the beginning. A lot of people, um, if they got on LinkedIn as an early adopter when it first sort of rolled out a bunch of years ago, people uh, really cut and paste their resume into LinkedIn and called it a day. So I feel that um, sometimes people who started early really um, need to revamp and retool because the platform has really changed. It's no longer just this sort of digital resume slash job hunt tool. It's really a, a, you know, a 360 full purpose career acceleration tool. So um, you can, I say just, you know, get going, sit down, uh, you know, block off an hour, block off 45 minutes and start doing the work, put your, um, your, your jobs into it. But uh, once you've done that, take the time to start thinking about what kind of story do I want to be telling? 
So uh, my first piece of advice is to like really just commit to getting going. But my second piece of advice, advice would be to really sit and say to yourself, what's my goal? What's my desired outcome for LinkedIn? Because I think a lot of people don't bring the right level of intentionality to the platform. They think that they can just kind of um, put their, their resume and their, their career um, snapshot into it and then just you know, leave it alone and it's gonna do the work for them. So when you sit and say to yourself, what do I want out of LinkedIn? Is it, do I want a new job? You know, do I wanna move up where I am? Do I wanna capture the attention of people, you know, colleagues and uh, higher ups where I'm, where I'm now currently so I can continue to move up? Do I want a career pivot? Do I want to be uh, approached for board roles or speaking opportunities or writing opportunities? Once you figure out what you want LinkedIn to do for you, it's a lot easier to get uh, clear about the language you need to be creating to tell that story so you can achieve that particular career goal. And it's a lot easier to figure out how you're active on the platform. Because we all have a limited you know, bandwidth, right? Everyone's to-do list is long, everyone's uh, time crunch these days. And you really wanna maximize um, your ROI on the platform. So if you're looking uh, to win new clients, you should be communicating for that. You don't need to be communicating to capture the attention of hiring managers, right? So you don't need to be sharing your entire professional story the way you might be if you were looking for a job. You want to focus in on, you know, what does a client need to hear from me to hire me? So my, my first piece of advice is just, you know, dive in and get going. Commit to spending the time getting the, your profile where it needs to be. And two, be intentional about how you want to use it. You mentioned before how this is something that somebody in their 70s or somebody who's 18 and just getting started might use. And it dawned on me that I jumped right in without even really describing what LinkedIn is and what it's for. And I know that the vast majority of our listeners do know what LinkedIn is. Um, but it's true that when you look at a profile starting from scratch to create your own account, um, there are a lot of sections. There, it's unclear how much information you should put where. So can we dive into, like, as you're getting started and you're thinking you have this bio at the top, you have each of your different positions. Sure. Um, how much content content should somebody put into these different sections? How much is too much, too little? Um, should they be writing in first person, third person? Like what are the, the rules behind building out your profile in general before you even start to think about the story that you want to tell? Yeah, the, uh, such great questions. Just really start at the beginning. So LinkedIn for your users who are on it and are familiar with it know that it's a template. LinkedIn gives you uh, building blocks basically that you can put together to create your profile. And uh, some of the building blocks are required. Uh, they're fixed and you have to have them and others you get to add. So some of the fixed um, parts of a LinkedIn profile are what's called the intro card. And that's what you're seeing when you look at somebody's profile. It's got things that are required like a headshot, a cover image, a headline, and um, you know, a geographic area, the industry that you work in. If you don't put this information in, LinkedIn auto-populates it for you. So if you don't pick a headshot, they're gonna give you that gray LinkedIn ghost. Uh, if you don't pick a cover image, they're going to give you this blue default box that runs behind your headline. So um, LinkedIn's pretty easy to put together. It's a, it's a template where you're kind of dragging and dropping. There, there are about um, 30, 40 profile sections that you can add. Some of them not everyone's going to need. You can add things like foreign languages, if you speak different languages, 
you can add patents and certificates. So there's really a whole host of different options that you can use to create what's really like a digital showcase of your work and your career. Um, the, the sort of the critical parts of a LinkedIn profile in my mind um, are your headline, which is where you introduce yourself. That's like your, your elevator pitch really, where you let the viewer know who you are, you know, where you work and what it is you can do for them. Um, images are important and increasingly important on LinkedIn and really on all of our social platforms, right? We live in a very visual age. We live in an age where people communicate uh, visually. So I think it's important to have a, a professional headshot that really represents you well. And I also think that um, it's strategic to be careful about the cover image you're choosing. That's, what's, that's the landscaped uh, rectangular image that appears behind your profile picture. Uh, a lot of people don't put anything there. And to me, that's a, you know, it's a mistake. It's a bit of a billboard. It allows you to uh, share a bit more of your professional story. If you work for a particular company, they often supply images. If you work for yourself, you could use your company logo. If you're an author, you could use pictures of your book. If you're a public speaker, we see a lot of people uh, with images of them giving TED Talks or speaking on panels. So you can really take advantage of uh, LinkedIn to share different parts of your professional story. Um, is that helpful? If I, yeah, I absolutely. And, and part, so that I wanted to lay as a foundation because as you mentioned before, a, a lot of the different use cases for it, right? Yeah. You might be looking for a new role. You might be looking to get promoted, uh, you know, from a director level to an executive level, even in the same organization, that type of situation warrants having a, a really useful and intentional LinkedIn profile. Um, so I'd love to spend some time on, on storytelling from the perspective of LinkedIn. When you're partnering with a client and you want to help them tell their story, you know, which part of that is most useful um, to help them just kind of clarify all of it and have a, a sense of where to start? Absolutely. That's such a great question. Well, I, I always like to start at the beginning. You really, as I said earlier, you, you need to get smart and clear about what it is that you want LinkedIn to do for you. Whenever I work with a client, that's always my first question. Like, where do you want LinkedIn to take you? What, what do you want out of it? So if you're working, if you're doing this for yourself, you need to ask yourself that question. Like at, you know, a year from now or six months from now, what would I be delighted if, if, if LinkedIn did for me? Is it a new job? Is it a promotion? Is it a bigger network? Once you're clear about that, write it down. Um, because this is going to govern the kind of language that you're creating. And it's going to govern how you're active on the profile and, and what kind of content you're sharing. Once you have your, your sort of like your goal in mind, your finish line that you're trying to get to, the second thing that I, I work with clients to do is to really um, get clear on what story they want to be sharing. and and the story that uh, the professional story that that people should be sharing is the value that they offer to other people. I really uh, work with clients to uh, encourage them to think of LinkedIn as a dialogue. It's not a monologue. You know, I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that LinkedIn is like here's all about me and here's what I've done and here's my all my work and my this sort of this big fire hose of career information. And what, what effective LinkedIn's really do, um, they, they act as a dialogue. They, they share your value with the person on the receiving end. So you need to uh, ask yourself, what is it that I want to let the viewer, the hiring manager, the potential client, the higher up at my firm know I can do for them? Because that's what you need to be sharing on your LinkedIn. It's not just saying, this is what I've done in the past or what I do. It's really communicating, here's what I can do for you 
when we choose to work together. Uh, and I, I work on clients, I work on this with clients in a couple of different ways. Um, do you want to walk through some of the exercises? Would that be useful? I was just going to ask, exactly. Can we do that? Yeah, great. Um, so it, the exercise sounds really simple, but it's, it's deceptively hard. I mean, the first thing I have people do is write a simple sentence with no, uh, no buzzwords, no jargon, no titles. Um, and I have them create a sentence that says the work that they do. And this is really hard. A lot of people in corporate America are used to saying, well, I'm like the VP of, you know, X, Y, and Z, or I'm a global SVP of, of branded partnerships. And the viewer is still left wondering, well, you know, but what do you do? So I have them write a sentence that says what their work is. And I, I ask them to, to skip the jargon and to try to make it something that a sentence that somebody outside their industry would understand. And this forces them to get really clear and, and simple in describing it. And I've done this myself. When I do this exercise, my sentence is I work with clients to communicate their professional value and share it so it gets noticed on LinkedIn, on company websites, and in conversation. That's my work. Uh, the second sentence is really uh, where all the magic happens. It's your value. It's what, what value does your work offer? What benefit does your work offer? And for me, it's you know, when you can communicate your value and share it so it gets noticed on LinkedIn and in conversation and on websites, you unlock opportunities and advance your career and accelerate your impact. That's the benefit of my work. So I really work with clients to kind of crystallize what they do in a simple term and then to transform it into a value statement. You know, here's what's going to happen when we work together because that's what gets you hired. You know, that's what opens the doors and that's what wins you clients and grows your business. For a lot of people, like you mentioned earlier, this is deceptively hard, right? This is one of those things that sounds simple and even hearing you say it, I can imagine many different people struggling to get that value out without feeling like they're bragging or without overstepping or, you know, do you feel that it's more difficult to get something that is um, accurate enough in the, you know, going too far in one direction or another, right? How do you make sure that this is something that both aligns with your genuine personal brand as well okay. as gets that story out there in an effective manner? You know, I think that a lot of people do struggle with the idea of marketing and selling themselves. For a lot of people, it can feel deeply uncomfortable. But uh, you know, I try to reset the way they think about selling. It's not about uh, relentless promotion. It's really about communicating what it is that you offer to somebody else and how you can help them. Everybody has value to bring to the table. Right? Everybody uh, does something in their job, in their career, in their work that makes a difference for other people. And it's just a matter of really identifying it and owning it. It's not about um, relentless self-promotion. It's about uh, clear communication. So when I um, encourage people to think of it that way, like to really understand, like, you know, I do need to do, do a better job of communicating what it is that I bring to the table. And it's really the difference you make. And then I think it feels more comfortable for people. So, you know, once you get that big picture idea, then there's still sort of the nuts and bolts that need to happen. You can get clear about your value, but then how do you actually start sharing it? And that's where the LinkedIn summary comes into play. That's, that's where you're really communicating what it is that you can do for somebody. Um, and you're supporting it with evidence, of course. You're explaining you know, what you've done in the past and why you can deliver on your, on your promise of the value that you offer. Um, but the LinkedIn summary really, to be effective, kind of you know, deeply communicates with the viewer. It, it, it's full of uh, professional passion. You share why you do the work you do, what lights you up about it, the enthusiasm you bring to your role, and you really 
lead by connecting the dots between what it is that you do and what it is that the person on the receiving end needs. Because that's where all the value, that's where the magic happens, really. That's where you get hired. That's when you get people saying, yes, let's work together, or this is terrific. I need this. And that, that's what you want to leave people with. You want to leave people thinking like, I want to work with this person. I need what she offers. I need what he offers. He can help my organization. He can help me. That's what you need to be communicating on your LinkedIn. And in those sections, are you finding common pitfalls that people tend to consistently make? Or where, where are the areas that they might focus on making sure that they're able to get those sentences um, to where they need to be? Great. That's you know, such a great question. One of the things that I, I see people doing that I think is um, a mistake is they rely on their job title solely in their headline. So the headline is the text that appears directly underneath your name. And a lot of people put their job title in. But as I said earlier, if your job title is VP of marketing, it doesn't always give us enough information. Um, what are you actually doing in that role? Is it you know, branded partnerships? Is it uh, events marketing? Is it social media marketing, digital? And titles can be confusing because the VP of marketing is an EVP at one company and maybe a, an associate at another. So I like to see people create strong uh, headlines that really uh, connect with the viewer and give them more information about the work that they do that go beyond simply their job title to share uh, additional keywords that describe the work that they do. So that's the, um, my sort of my biggest piece of advice. Make sure that your LinkedIn headline is a strong elevator pitch, that it really hooks the viewer and gives them a reason to open up your profile. Other things that I see people doing um, that hurt their ability to really share their story and connect with the viewer on LinkedIn is just not giving enough information, not filling out all the different sections. So uh, I, th I think sometimes when people are trying to project gravitas, they don't often share a lot about the work. Uh, they just stick to titles and to um, roles, but I, the, the viewer needs to know a little bit more. So I always encourage you to spend uh, your experience blocks, you know, take a sentence or two to describe, give a top line overview of the work that you've done in that role but then to bullet out a few key metrics and a few key wins that really show how you succeeded in that role. Um, strong LinkedIn profiles really share your wins rather than just focusing on that kind of resume boilerplate that we all see so often when people say, you know, manage this and, and responsible for that. And they don't tell you or don't describe what success looked like or for it, what they were responsible for and the difference that it made to the organization. So when people move the needle a little bit and, and communicate more information, they, um, they connect with the viewer um, more strongly and they also improve their odds of having somebody want to engage with their profile. With, with resumes, for example, there's mixed, mixed opinions on how long a resume should be, but I'm in the camp that it should be a, a page long and not more. And I've seen senior leaders with 25 years of experience have a great one page resume. Um, I understand the need for a longer one, but as we get into LinkedIn, is there a length of how much, you know, text they should be, you mentioned earlier, not having it too long, but where do you, where do you stop? How much, how much information should they share? Well, LinkedIn um, actually gives you, um, you know, constraints on how much content you, sh you can share. So in your LinkedIn summary, you get 2000 type characters uh, in your LinkedIn headline and in your um, job title um, descriptions, you get 120 type characters. So if you're curious about what the parameters are and you want to sit down and know what you have to work with, then you could just Google what are the LinkedIn specs for these different sections because each 
and each job posting only gives you 2,000 characters as well. You know, 2,000 type characters is actually a lot of characters. And I, I feel that you can really um, be shorter and clearer and, and briefer. Um, you know, people have limited attention span and limited bandwidth. I think we've all heard that old, um, you know, quote statistic that a, a recruiter gives a resume six second once over. I, I would love, to, I have no idea what the footnote on that is or where that source came from, but let's, let's assume that that's true too of your LinkedIn profile. You wanna make sure that your headline gives them enough information that they wanna continue to know more about you. And for your LinkedIn summary, only the top three lines are immediately visible when a viewer is looking at your profile. Everything else is hidden in a drop-down menu. So somebody has to click open this to, to see more. If you haven't captured their interest in those first three lines, they're not gonna do that. So you wanna pay attention to those um, first moments of engagement on LinkedIn, right? Your LinkedIn summary, those first three lines have to pop. They gotta hook somebody's attention, give them a quick top line overview of why that reader should care, um, and your LinkedIn headline needs to do the same thing. It needs to hook the attention of the, of the viewer. How do you know when you've been successful in this process, right? You've spent all this time writing an excellent introduction. Your headline looks great according to you and whoever you've shared it with. Um, but when do you start to get a sense of, okay, yeah, I'm seeing an uptick in... You know. Well, LinkedIn gives you um, insights and analytics. So you can see the engagement on your profile and see the interaction on it. You can also see who's viewed your profile. Um, there are, every single LinkedIn user has access to analytics. If you want more in-depth analytics um, and greater insight, you can uh, subscribe to LinkedIn Premium, which gives you uh, greater uh, detail on who's viewing your profile, who's looking at other types of profiles, and you can literally track your engagement. But I always say to people, don't get hung up on engagement rates. Some of this stuff is like vanity metrics. Like, oh my gosh, all these people are looking at my profile. Um, it's like selling your house. You only need one person to come by your house. Uh, you only need the right hiring manager. You need the right client. So you, you need to pay attention to really who you're communicating with uh, and to attract the right um, kind of conversations. And I would say I would get a little bit less hung up on um, you know, what your engagement rate is. You know, you'll know if you're successful because you'll start to hear from the right people, you'll start to capture recruiter attention, your phone will ring, you'll get in-mails. Um, one of the things I also recommend too is asking people in your network. So if you wanna know if your LinkedIn headline um, is doing you justice and getting people excited and wanting to work with you, if you wanna know if your summary is succeeding and sharing your story and really communicating your value, uh, crowdsource it with some trusted advisors. I would share them with two to three people that you really trust, maybe a mentor, a former boss, you know, a dear friend at work, and ask them for their input. Um, so it doesn't always need to be engagement rates to know if you're succeeding. Sometimes just checking with the, the people closest to you, your work uh, confidants, can also help you figure out if you're on track in communicating effectively. Thank you. In terms of the other parts of LinkedIn that our, our listeners should be paying attention to and when they're expanding their personal brand, um, is there anything you want to add? Because I'd like to turn a little bit toward um, your training within teams as well. Okay, great. You know, I think that the, um, I think people focus a lot on creating a strong LinkedIn profile, getting it all polished, getting it all buffed up, you know, optimizing it for keywords. One of my favorite tricks for that is uh, to print off job postings from LinkedIn. There are about 15 million active job postings on the platform each and every day. So 
you can really figure out what keywords are in common usage and what you uh, need to be using on your own profile to capture recruiter attention by printing off three or four um, dream job postings, circling the keywords with the pen and, and making sure you're in your profile. But once you do all those things, once you've created the language and you've optimized for keywords, the other thing I would really encourage you to do is to actually use the platform. Because if you create a you know, polished, shiny profile and then never use it, you're not gonna open any doors, you're not gonna grow your network and you're not gonna get approached um, for the right you know, career accelerating opportunities. So I would say commit to active use on the platform. Get on it a couple times a week. Post an article, uh, share some observations, interact with your colleagues. And then I would update your LinkedIn quarterly as well. I know people hate to hear that because once you've done your profile, they're like, I'm good, I'm all, aren't I done? And the reality is you're never done. You know, you add new skills, you add new clients, you add new roles, your title might change. You wanna do regular maintenance on your LinkedIn to make sure that it's um, you know, aligning with where you are in your career. Uh, currently. So that's, that's what I would encourage you to do is to, to be active on the platform to really uh, continue to interact with your network. And that's how you, that's how you create opportunities. When I share content on LinkedIn, uh, my phone rings and I've actually gotten to the point where I'm trying to share a little bit less because I'm like, I got a long waiting list. <laughs> uh, so I know from firsthand experience that when you interact with your network, when you tell them what you're up to, when you share your expertise, when you uh, give uh, generously of your professional experience and your smarts, you will see engagement. Your phone's going to ring. People will connect with you. Thank you. That's so helpful. And um, where, so I'd like, before we run out of time here, well, we have about 10 more minutes. Um, okay. I'd like to switch a little bit toward, you mentioned earlier that you do team trainings within organizations. Yes. Um, can you share more about that? Absolutely. You know, one of the, the, uh, the big questions that I get from people all the time when they hear that I go into companies and help their employees be better on LinkedIn is, why would a company do that? Aren't they helping um, their team and their talent, you know, job hunt and leave? And my answer is that job hunting is only one of the things that people do on LinkedIn. People are using LinkedIn research. They're using it to see what's going on, you know, uh, in their industry, their sector, or the competition, they're networking, they're meeting people, they're staying connected to people. So smart uh, employers recognize this. They recognize that not only do uh, team members and talent want professional development and that they want to be better, but that it really behooves the company to make them better because it reflects well on them. Anytime that you have a company page on LinkedIn, which you know, hopefully you do because it's you know, a must-have uh, calling card these days, anyone who's on LinkedIn and who visits your page can see all the employees that are connected to your organization. And they are like sort of de facto brand ambassadors. They, uh, um, are, they are reflecting your mission, your uh, your purpose, and so companies want their employees to be to be good on the platform. Uh, LinkedIn is has, is rolling out a lot lots of different programs like LinkedIn Elevate, which are helping different companies um, with kind of like an internal dashboard, so they can share content and amplify the mission and the messaging of an organization. And in order for an employee to do that, they have to feel like they're putting their own best foot forward. Because I have, I've worked one-on-one -on -one with about 240 executives from 
a whole range of companies like Amex, MasterCard, Visa, but I've also trained a thousand more um, through workshops and, and trainings of companies. And I have seen that the biggest barrier to using LinkedIn is that people are just embarrassed about their profile. They haven't put the time in, they, you know, it's like dusty and neglected and they're totally sheepish. Every single week I have conversations with people that say, I should be doing better. And I'm like, you and everyone else, everyone says this. So when a company invests in their employees, when they tell them not just, hey, go use LinkedIn, but hey, here are the tools and here's what you need to do to make sure your own profile really shines, then people go use it. So that's what I do uh, at organizations. I help them make their people better and really get them lit up about the power of the platform. I had a friend who their title, as you mentioned, uh, was super vague project manager, right? And this person was running a massive team. And another friend said, hey, I noticed that they're hiring, you know, could you introduce me to somebody? And I went to introduce them to the first friend and they said, well, that person doesn't seem very senior in the organization. Is there somebody else you could introduce me to? And in the end, I mean, they, nobody ended up connecting. I, I don't know that that was a polite way for them to approach it in general, but I do think that they lost a candidate, right? They, they lost an opportunity when you see somebody who has a lot of responsibility, but it looks like they're maybe not working on very exciting work that sends a message to other people who might be joining that team that, you know, this work that they're broadcasting on LinkedIn is what they'll be doing internally. Um, Absolutely. So as you're, yeah. As you're, you're attracting candidates. You're so right. It's a, it's, a, it's a great retention tool. Somebody who's so fabulous on LinkedIn is Ryan uh, Holmes of Hootsuite, who shares fabulous content on the platform all the time. And he uses the, uh, his LinkedIn and his different hashtags to really show what like Hootsuite life is. And you see, you know, snacks and cupcakes in the break room and you see videos and you really get a sense of what it looks like to work at the company because this is a two way street. Um, you know, uh, competition for talent is, is extremely, um, you know, it's like cutthroat. There's just a shortage of, of talented people. And uh, having an active LinkedIn presence allows you to recruit people and it gives employees insight into who they're going to be working with. People are choosy. They want to make sure they're going to work with great people. We've all seen those articles that the best way to be happy at work is to like pick an amazing boss and, you know, smart, smart um, and savvy executives and leaders are looking around at the people they're going to work with and making decisions about why they want to work there. It's not, it's kind of like dating. It's not just like, pick me, pick me. Um, it's, you know, it's like, well, do I want to be picked? So uh, LinkedIn works both ways. It's a two-way street. That's what I was saying earlier. It's a dialogue. And the more that you look at it that way, it's a way of communicating with your network, um, you know, just the better experience your platform on the platform you'll be. Thank you so much for making the time. My go-to wrap-up questions, I, I'd love to hear more resources that you lean on. Um, you mentioned Ryan from Hootsuite. What other resources, aside from your site, because we'll, of course, send people there as well, but where, where do you recommend people find um, great resources for revamping their personal brand and, and leveraging LinkedIn? There's so much fabulous content out there. I really uh, like a new find, uh, Mac Pritchard. He's new to me, but I think everyone in America knows him because he's got a very uh, well-regarded career podcast, uh, find your dream job. He shares a lot of uh, regional content because he's out in the Pacific Northwest, but he also shares wonderful content on job hunting in general. So I find him to be great. He just had an uh, interview that I saw posted on a social today with Minda Hart, Hartz, who um, is from the memo. And I actually follow her. Her, um, her platform is for uh, millennial women of color, 
but she shares content I think that anyone at any age and from any background would really benefit from. Uh, so she's, she's terrific. And somebody that I just love personally, and she's not LinkedIn and she's not uh, job hunting, but I love Laura Belgray from the, um, the platform. Her, her company is called Talking Shrimp. And she is a copywriter that does a lot of work with Marie Forleo and the B-School. And Laura has like the best voice in, in copywriting today. Whenever I, I need like to inject a little oomph or I feel like, you know, things are getting a little corporate or a little staid. I just go read her because she uh, reminds you to communicate as a human and that it's, uh, it's okay to in interject personality and, and um, you know, humor and, and humanity into your work. And not only is it okay, it's effective. So she's a total riot. Um, and another new find that I love is, and I'm taking probably up too much time, but I also love Erica Keswin, who wrote the book, um, Bring Your Human to Work. And she shares great content, again, on like in interjecting humanity into the workplace, about talking in a real voice. And uh, she communicates in a way that I find to be really engaging and effective. So, and she also shares great content on her social. So I leave you with those, those people. Those are great. And we'll link to all of those resources in the podcast notes. Um, where can our listeners find you? Uh, well, I'm always on LinkedIn, so they can certainly find me there. I'm under uh, Katie Connorton Fogarty. Uh, that's Connorton, C-O-N-N-O-R-T-O-N, Fogarty, F-O-G-A-R-T-Y. I share content on LinkedIn. I would love your viewers to... Uh, connect to me to reach out or, or to follow along. I share content on leveraging LinkedIn, job hunting, personal branding, uh, and, and career. And they can also find me at my website as well, which is uh, therebootgroup.com. Great. Well, thanks so much, Katie. I appreciate you making the time today. I really love being with you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leveling Up. To help you take the guesswork out of achieving your career goals, check out more conversations at levelingup.co and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast provider.